Well, welcome to State of Mind Talks, the new podcast series from State of Mind Sport. This is a series exploring transition, the complex emotional and mental backdrop to confronting and going through major change. I'm George Riley. Each episode, I'll be chatting to a familiar name from the world of sport. And this week's guest is a professional sportsman right in the midst of a major transition. Stevie Ward was fulfilling his boyhood dream, captaining his hometown club Leeds before being forced to retire in his prime earlier on this year through ill health, aged only 27, and he's now at the start of chapter two. Uh, Stevie, great to see you. How are you, first of all? I'm good, mate. It's good to be on here. Um, you're flipping good at these intros, George. I need to um, get some training from you, mate, for my podcast, but I'm, uh, I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm on a good day, and uh, I'm, I'm sort of relishing the challenge, I guess, of, of, of everything you just mentioned there. You're, what, six months or so, a bit more now, into a, a very difficult, yeah. um, very sizable transition, both a career change and, and life change mm. um how has this this period been since you announced that you weren't going to play again yeah so it's around six months since i announced the retirement in january but i think probably the writing on were on the wall for me uh finishing playing come you know the summer uh, back end of 2020 when i still wasn't getting better and i still having issues in my brain and migraines are still there dizziness are still there um sensitivity to light and, and all those sort of physical symptoms that you've mentioned that I've had, um, which have, are still continuing now. And it's, um, mate, it's, it's, it, I've been grieving the game. I've been grieving the, um, the well, just the, the, the mission of, of what was there before me. Um, you know, my sort of why for 2020 to captain the Rhinos and to bring back silverware and, and to, um, our success was for, for our mate, for, for Rob Burroughs, um, obviously um, suffering with motor neuron disease. And, um, you know, my why all of a sudden after hearing that news got skewed a little bit and I had my own sort of neurological impairment and condition. Um, and I, I got plunged into something that, that, that just wasn't... Um, something that I expected um, or desired um, and that's what sometimes can happen with life you just get presented with something completely out of the blue um, and it's 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 um, it's another challenge that you didn't expect and you know it's it's been the challenges have, have been grieving grieving that 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 job that role and um, you know James Graham put it pretty well when we had him on mentality podcast and asked him about missing, missing rugby. Is he going to miss the game and and um, the job? And he said he's, he's probably not going to miss playing the game, but he's going to miss the man that he was when he was playing that game. You know that that bloke who goes and takes the risks, um, that's excited by danger, that does things on the field that no one else dares to do, um, and you know the sort of the build up to the games and. Yeah, just watching the England game last night actually against Germany, um, just seeing the impact that scoring those goals had on everyone in the stadium, and being that that guy in the arena that's cut through the nerves and adversity to to actually get a result like that, and to you know the full stadium was rejoicing in 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 those acts um, and and those those goals and and what a game it was and. You know, it, it's something that you're leaving behind, and it, 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 I think I think you're grieving that you're grieving that man, but you also, you know, you it, it's like the the Kubler Ross model of grief. You know, when 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 someone loses someone or something, you, you go through the denial, you go through the anger, you go through the acceptance, bargaining. Um, you know, and I've been through the whole range of those emotions continuously, and and you know, later, as of late, I've probably been through the acceptance more than a lot of them, but it didn't stop the the um, the other ones raising their head too. We'll pick up on all of those strands that you just outlined so articulately, Stevie. I was thinking about this 
um, yesterday when I was uh, kind of preparing your story for the podcast, the, the mental side of this transition is, is full of different impact layers, isn't it? Um, it's not only the emotional unrest of going through change, the grief that you outline, the leaving a place where you've, where you've grown up at Leeds, um, the club. I, I guess there's, there's an element perhaps of, of separation anxiety going on there as well. Uh, and then the, there's the very real mental scarring that the injury is itself has left. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, the moods and the migraines and, you know, having, having seen a lot of you over the last few years, I, I know personally how much you have struggled with that. Yeah, I mean, our at Leeds, um, practically for, you know, 12 years old is when I joined the scholarship, but a lot earlier before that I was putting myself mentally in that Leeds sort of set up and, and they always aiming towards it. And, and my life revolved around Leeds Rhinos and, and that sort of mission that I had and that I was lucky enough to have as a purpose since I was, was that young. You know, I had an absolute conviction of where I was going to go and, and, and I would get there. I never, I never let myself get carried away with it, but I just always quietly knew that that I was working towards that at least. Um, and mate, the, the the people that I've played with and and the you know the, at the time the rhinos the conveyor belt was full of incredible people and incredible players uh, and characters, and I'd gone and and played with a range of people that I'd watched from the South Stand, that I'd watched on telly, that I'd idolised. Um, so just thinking about the actual, like, the the real sort of way of, of, of what I was involved in. I'm not just stopping playing rugby. I'm not just stopping training and, and, and doing weights. But it's with a massive range of people that you get to spend time with um, and to learn from. And, and then inevitably, when I was getting older, 26, 27, to, to lead, you know, and, and um, it's a big, big sort of pulling away from that. Um, and there's been many times where there has been the, the, the sort of the questioning and, and the wondering of, of you know how 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 you're going to fit into the next chapter of your life, and and how your relationship carries on with with that past and um, with the the club and and the sport. You know, it's, it's it's adapting. I was a player, I was a captain, and it's adapting to what it is now. I guess uh, the processing of of the different stages of of grief and the working through. Um, uh, perhaps I'm, I'm I'm talking about the acceptance here. Uh, does it help when you remember the good times? And I, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm wondering how much you remember about making your debut, uh, the emotions around that, because that was the moment you did fulfil your boyhood dream of playing professional sport for your for your city, for your local club, which, you know, I speak for myself as someone who had the burning desire to play football for Leeds United and obviously failed. There were so many of us like that and you did it. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And I have to sort of, remind myself like you say and there were times when I, I let myself feel it and, and acknowledge it um, and and take stock of where I was and I probably did that towards the back, back end of my career especially because I was in and out of the team a lot with injuries and you know I'd, I became a professional at comebacks and playing in front of that south stand and, and knowing what, what they deserved and what they wanted and all of that backdrop of the obsession to get to that point and to serve that role. Um, you know, I kid myself and remind myself, you know, you see people like Calvin Phillips now for Leeds United and, you know, um, doing what they're doing and expressing their skill and talent and leadership and ability for the town and the city that they've loved. You know, I'm, I'm so lucky to have done that. Um, and it's, it's something that I'm always going to remember and always going to feel proud of. Um, and it's it's a shame that it's had to end early, but, you know, <laughs> I've also got to 
like you say, count my count all the stars for how I've ended up getting to that point and, and actually having been able to do it too. I was actually on it. I remember was it was it your debut in the Boxing Day friendly? Was that your league's debut? So there was a, a Boxing Day friendly that I played. Like um, I guess that's not probably not class as your debut. Um, that wasn't your professional debut, but that was because the reason I remember that is because, <laughs> not to go off on a tangent because I was I was on air presenting a a radio show. Mm. Do you remember? And I was saying, I remember, like, yeah. you know, one of these mundane text punts that we do. What are you doing today? What's what sport are you going to do today? And I got a text into the program saying, I'm off to Headingley to watch my son make his Leeds Rhinos debut. Yeah. Uh, and I so I read it out and said, Look, let me know who you are. And she said, Oh, it's it's Anne, my Anne Ward, my son Stevie. So and that was the, I'd never heard of you. And that was I, I think of that a lot. I was like how how proud she was at that moment. Yeah. Oh man, it it was mega. And you know, I went on from from that game. I played. First team full debut was away at Saints, and we all dyed our hair red for sport relief. Oh, I remember um, that too. Yeah, yeah, and we got spanked, and I had had the <laughs> red mo- mo- mohawk for the game. I thought if I'm gonna dye my hair red, I might as well make it look flipping decent. Um, so I had that game, and I think JP he dyed his hair red, and and everyone else had sort of dyed it black. Um, coming off the back end of those games, and everyone walking around with green hair eventually for the next few weeks. I think JP got an extra five years on his deal after doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so he were, uh, mate, that, that game, flipping heck, if, if, there's any, if there's anything to say about my career, it's been up and down and skew-off and here, there and everywhere. Um, you know, making my debut in that fashion were outstanding and something that I just I just couldn't wait to do as a player. I was just, just so um, excited to do it and obviously I went on to a few weeks after collecting May levels, played at Wembley at Standoff, and you know we lost that final um, Challenge Cup, but I'd managed to win one at the back end of that year at Old Trafford. So it was like, you know, I was still meant to be dreaming of those stuff, those things, and um, I managed to do it uh, in in reality, which was absolutely mega. And I couldn't have asked for anything more. I think in that year. What what were your A levels? I can't remember. Was that twenty twelve? That was 2012. I got an A in P, obviously. Sure. And then uh, 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 B in English language and B in English literature. So In the same year that you played Challenge Cup final, grand final? Yeah. A few weeks after um, after that, I'd, I'd played at Wembley. So it was flipping. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot for uh, an 18-year-old. And I looked... I look like a 12-year-old boy. I shouldn't have been allowed to play, really, but there you go. That team, you mentioned a few of the big names already. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about, about Rob Burrow in due course, but you mentioned JP, Jamie Peacock, Danny Maguire, Kevin Sinfield. You you were surrounded by people who would have been your idols, your heroes in that team. Um, how were you, as a, as a teenager, main t- able to maintain a, a kind of mental and emotional equilibrium if you like when it, when at times it must have felt if you if you allowed yourself a little look around like you'd won a competition yeah <laughs> yeah I just I was just so like focused mate on it's so good mate when you're younger because it's almost like you've got you're so fixated on your why and you, you, you need to prove a point you need to get respect from your elders you need to get respect from these players that have been there and done it and you're just so desperate for that you're so desperate to impress them and and to put a shift in and to work hard for your team and I never wavered from that you know I never got distracted from it um, and I think I think when teams now or when players I, I always revisited that why that sort of the strength of that expression that you used to you know, we say we play rugby league now, um, but as you get older and, and, and as it gets more serious, you sometimes forget about the play of it. But when you're so young, you're just like, I'm off. I'm, the game doesn't change. I'm off out there to play it. I'm off out to express myself. I'm off out to impress these 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 people. And it's not not so much nerves about responsibility. It's just nerves about going out there and, and being good and enjoying it and. Uh, impressing people I think you know it's such a strong motivation and as I say 
as I went on in my career when, when I was making comebacks and, and putting my shoulder back in place and, and all this, I'd revisit that. I'd revisit why I wanted to break a line, you know, why I wanted to make tackles for my teammates and and all that was because of how it made me feel. You know, I felt such self-esteem from it um, and, and such a buzz and, you know, freedom doing it. Um, so when you're going into games in semi-finals and you're going to games of finals, if you can bring yourself back to that that place, that sort of and sink yourself into that emotion and and sort of space where it's like, oh my god, I'm playing Leeds, I'm playing for Leeds Rhinos against Warrington, you know, in the opening game of the Super League. That that young version of me, if I can sink into that and and sort of play with without any weight on my shoulders. You know that's that's what I'd go and do and and sort of rectify that. Uh, I think you know a lot of a lot of the game as you as you're getting older. I think you need to find those edges and I think we were great at the Rhinos at being able to to lift that weight off our shoulders when it came to playoff time and when it came to the big games and the finals um, and focus your mind into into a spot which which brings those performances and, and that freedom and um, yeah, just like just the excitement to, to be the best. Just leaping briefly back from there in, into the present and picking up on what, what you just said about your why at that time, is that one of your big challenges now on, on, in terms of managing day-to-day, the transition you're on? It's that buzz and that freedom, which was your why, has gone. So you've got to replace that somehow. Mm. Yeah, and I'm lucky, George, because I've had that many spells where I've been injured and I've had to question what I do when I don't play rugby. So I've all, almost done a lot of the work. Um, and just as I knew that I was coming up to retiring and I knew that I wouldn't be in the game anymore, I sort of, just like you would train a marathon, a train for a marathon or just like you would train for a big event, um, a triathlon, I, I knew that I had one of the biggest challenges coming up, which was stepping away from the game, stopping playing, being without that sort of social network that, that, that we all have in, in, in rugby league and being without that structure. Um, so I knew that I had to put things in place. I knew that I had to um, get myself training for that and ready for that and, and in the best place to cope with what was going to come at me. So that's why I, I'd practice gratitude every day. That's why I meditate every day. Um, and that's why I created mentality of all membership to have a group of men that, that are on that same wavelength that, that want to create the best buffer against the hard times but also to capitalise on the good times too and I think my why sort of just shifted a lot in, in my life and, and it's probably had to do with the amount of injuries and turmoil that I've put myself through and I think I've noticed at one point with the injuries the comebacks the highs of the, the finals and successes, that wasn't a bit of a cycle in my career. And I couldn't really change that cycle. I realised that I'd come back and there'd still be another injury and it wouldn't just be plain sailing like it was when I was 18. So I had to change myself um, because I couldn't change the situation, if that makes sense. I had to sort of do the work. Um, and as I say, my why sort of shifted from that inherited purpose drive to understanding that, that I had the talent as a rugby league player and understanding that I wanted to be the best rugby league player that it was but when I couldn't do that like now I had to shift and I had to sort of understand myself more to um, bring out a different purpose and a different why and I can remember um, I can remember when that sort of purpose for just sort of like playing for myself um, and you know, being the best player and, and winning the individual stuff shifted um, to probably more what 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 a captain would or what a leader would. And I can remember sat in a in a in an hotel room actually. Um, it was on England camp, and I was depressed. I was depressed. Um, I've been through a lot coming back from an ACL injury. I played about four games. Um, got the number thirteen shirt. And I was on an England camp. Uh, I didn't get played and get picked for the games. Um, and when you, you know, when you'd think you'd be happy and, and buzzing, I was, I was depressed. Um, 
and I realised and I and I remember when that why shifted, um, and it was it was me in that moment thinking I don't think I'm going to get out of this patch where I'm at. I don't know how to get out of it, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to get out of it. But I knew that if if I could get out of it, then it would help other people. Um, so it, it shifted for me learning those lessons now at that time in that period for me to be able to say right well there's a purpose to get out of it now there is a reason for me to carry on striving and struggling forward um, because it's going to help other people around me and I'll put the word out about mental health and I'll try and get people to, to talk more about it to deal with it openly and you know 2017 came around that next year and I had such a strong rooted purpose and why to go throughout that that year and then to to win the grand final at the end um so I think that's that's the magic is just being alignment with your purpose and and in your sort of why that's individual to you and unique to you you actually do get um a lot of time for self-reflection like that when you're away at camp in international sport. I remember speaking to Kevin Sinfield about this. When I started work a few years ago with State of Mind, uh, Kevin was one of the people I, I spoke to uh, about, about a variety of matters, about um, the perception of, of, of pressure and what you guys go, go through at elite sport. Um, and I was most interested in you know, how, he, how he held his nerve for all those match-winning kicks that he had to take. And he said, well, that, that, that wasn't pressure. That was what I was in the side for. That was my job. And actually, the moments where he struggled were the moments that you just you just referenced when he was away on his own. And because he's captain, he gets his own hotel room, whereas everyone else has got to bunk up together. And you know, Kev would say, "Well, he got he got his own hotel room as captain. He didn't want it because he'd he'd sit there on his own." And that's where the self doubt would set in because he wasn't surrounded by Jamie Jones Buchanan, Jamie Peacock, all these other guys who made him realise that he did fit in and he was there for a purpose. And that was really interesting because that was something that I never thought about. The amount of a time you do actually have to dwell and, uh, and the self-doubt can set it. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, it's, it's big. It's a big thing. Self-doubt, self-sabotage. And, you know, I think that's when I, I sort of woke up to another level, I think, in terms of how we train and how we prepare ourselves and to, to acknowledge self-doubt and acknowledge self-sabotage and, and be aware of it, be aware of, of, of the triggers of it, be aware of where it can lead you to and to know what to force yourself to do so you don't feel like that, what to, what behaviours to, to put yourself through. Because um, it's a lot easier and a lot better to know that those things can come at you. Um, and I think I, I understood and that I saw that my mind could sometimes be my worst advisor and worst worst enemy. Um, so, like, what are these things that I can do to to make that unnecessary suffering less and less and go away, so that I'm I'm best the best I can be on the field, but as a person off off it too. Um, you know, there's accepting accepting that accepting how you can feel as a bloke that takes you a long long way. Um, to peace of mind is accepting situations in your life accepting the thoughts that you have um, being aligned with your purpose knowing your values acting your values out in the world um, which are all things that, that I've, I've been doing for the last three or four years just as my mental health training regime if you like yeah, the, the alignment between mental and physical health I know is something that you know, you're a, you're a huge advocate of, and you, I mean, you speak from huge personal experience. I'm, I'm thinking, I guess, mainly about 2015, where you had the, the serious injury, which was a week before the grand final. And, um, you know, that was a physical fall, which then prompted a quite a tough mental fall for you, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the 2015 game where I'd done my ACL, um, the backdrop of that was a, a serious injury when I was 19 where I dislocated my shoulder, damaged all the nerves down it and I was back playing um, in 2014 when um, 
I couldn't put the weight on. I was in pain all the time. I didn't feel valued as, as a player because I wasn't in the team and I was in and out. And missed the Challenge Cup final. Um, and I'm like, well, what do I do now? I just had that 18-year-old experience where I'm flying high and, and in the team all the time and this injury has hampered me to not be able to put weight on and, and, and be the best I could be. Um so I was like confused. And then you know, I was confused because it was the first whack of adversity that I had. And then I'd almost just waited until my physical external world was back going again. You know, the 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 winning, the the competition, the week on week winning and losing, the sort of striving to be better, everything that makes me who I am. I waited for that to be in sync again. But then when the rugby was taken away from me again in that 2015 game, when the script is meant to say on that day, you, you go to your nana's funeral, um, you come back over to Woodersfield across the Pennines from Salford, you, you go out, you score in the first four or five minutes, cheering with the boys, it's a hard game, but you end up winning and lifting the league with the shield. Four minutes before my end, mate, uh, four minutes before the end, my ACL went. And I'm like, there's, there's a bit more to it, there's a bit more to it than than just relying on, on the external. And that's when I woke up to, to how much you can you can put in place for your mind and um, and work on yourself. How much of a, an impact did that experience have a couple of years later when your shoulder popped out a week before the grand final and yet you still played? I, was bot- I revisited that space. I was bottom of the barrel. I was like, all that... At that point, it was like all this work that I've done physically, mentally, and it was like it was like the it was just like a complete, complete carbon copy of 2015. Literally, I scored in the, the first five, six minutes of the game, played so well throughout. Um, the game was in the balance, and I got injured. I'm like, why does this keep happening? I was just like, what? I was walking off that field with my shoulder out of the joint and I was so bottom of the barrel. I'm like, why is it? Why does this keep happening? When am I going to catch a break? I was like literally walking off the field and I was thinking about what I'm going to do leaving the game. I was like, I can't do with it anymore. I can't do with the ups and downs anymore. Um, there's got to be an alternative. So I think that that backdrop of stuff that I'd understood and, and, and worked out in the previous years allowed me, after being up for 12, 14 hours that night with my shoulder hour joint, to go into theatre and get it put back in place and, and worked on while I was asleep. After some moping around, um, the Saturday and Sunday, it was Sunday night, I just decided, no, nah, I'm, I'm playing here. I just thought I'm I'm not I'm not being the victim. I'm not waiting until next year. I was texting teammates, you know, there were there were blokes texting me. Single, you know, Adam Cuthbertson. These characters in the team were texting me saying, "Look, we'll make you tackles for you if you need us to." Um, and I was thinking back about like the experiences that I had as a young kid playing like playing when I shouldn't have played <laughs> with sore shoulders. Um, you know, there was one time where I dislocated my AC joint playing Bulldogs at school. Two weeks later, I wanted to play for Chilwell Chiefs against Featherston Lions because I didn't want to get beat by as much. So I put some bubble wrap on my shoulders and then big stag pads. Um, I can remember a certain tackle that I'd done in that game and it held up and it just carried on working. So I thought, if there's any game I'm going to play with, we saw shoulders, it's the grand final in 2017. You know, we're going to win it. Um, and it's going to be a hell of an occasion. So on that Sunday, I made the decision that everything that had come in that week after that would be for us to win and for me to be involved in it too. Um, so it was like a whirlwind, mate. It was like, um, I can remember saying, like it's on a smaller level, much smaller level, it was a bit like a near-death experience, everything being ripped away from you, but then having the opportunity to go, nah, it's um that's not happening. I'm 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 doing it. I'm doing it, and there was no pressure, no pressure on me. To um, you know, if if I went on and, and tried it, then I tried it. You know, there was no pressure of failure. I just went into the game like thinking, 
taking it all in like like a like a baby, like taking every moment in and being so excited and, and so like in the moment and grateful for for that final and grateful to be involved in it with you know Rob Burrow, Danny McGuire and, and, and the journey that we'd been on as a team was just remarkable. So uh, yeah, I've, that, it, it was mental. I find that extraordinary on so many levels. The fact that a game that's the holy grail of rugby league, packed out Old Trafford, one game to define whether you're champions or not, or define whether you're champions or not in front of seventy thousand on, on TV worldwide. You're injured and probably shouldn't say, and your mates, your mates in the team want you to play so much that they are saying, "We will share your workload between us." So that you can get out on the pitch, and that just on so many levels that just blows my mind. Yeah, well, I don't know if they shared many off me. They might have shared a few, but I flipping still made most tackles in that <laughs> game. Played eighty minutes and made forty tackles. I'm like, what am I doing? Just chill out. Just flipping chill out from kickoff. I don't know why. This this is probably why I was a good player, but also why I, I get myself into trouble sometimes. Like the first. First tackle from kickoff was was that shoulder. I threw myself in and flipping went to smash some blow at my left shoulder. I'm like, fuck. I, look, I watch it back. I'm like, what am I doing? But it's it's made the story and the memory and 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 such a culmination of like you say, my teammates supporting me and just really being like, as a fan, you know, you imagine imagine relationships and you imagine the the missions and the journeys that players go on and. and that one was for real. That that was a real, real journey, a real authentic, real sort of laid bare sort of mission that, that we all took on um, that year and, and that final too. It was, it was a very, very, very special memory. Um, 2017, Rob's, Rob and Danny Maguire's last games as well. And, you know, very personally for me, it was very special as well. And it, it was great for, for you to experience that as you did, especially looking back the period since, let's just discuss that a bit now. Um, the period since 2017, full of difficulty, really. Uh, even, even the following year, you had the setback of uh, your good mate, Callum Watkins, being made captain. Um, that was something you were hopeful of getting yourself right then. And I know that, that a, lot of, a lot of doubt returned then. And you were thinking then of actually you were questioning your why then. I, I recall you were you were thinking of perhaps doing something different. It, it were, I mean, it were a rocky period. I think twenty eighteen. We as a team, we'd we'd lost a few games by drop goals, um, and obviously Mac, um, Mac had left the club uh, about two thirds of the way through that year, um, and I twenty seventeen like. I got through that final, but obviously I, I won't be able to get through a full World Cup and train and play, um, and and that means that I've you know I'm not actually played for England. I've I've been involved in the camps and all that, but I never actually got to pull a shirt on for England, which is you know is unfortunate. But that's life, you know. I've I've done so many other good things too, and um, yeah. So I, I remember 2017, the off season just having to sort of like pull myself back from that um, and almost take a back seat again. And I think I was sort of considering whether I would be captain. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like it, it didn't really change anything for me. It just, I, I was sort of in a position where I wanted to get back playing again and back going to the next level again. Um, but there was, you know, that 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 period in 2018, it was, um, you know, it was almost like a reset button had been pressed, and a lot of a lot of players were leaving and coming in and out, and um, you know, it was an adjustment period, a real big adjustment period um, for everyone in the team, for everyone in the club, and you know, I ended up captain in that year actually 2018 with um with Cal doing his ACL um and I always had the 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 sort of the what would you say the um mindset that mm. I just carry on carry on as I was and 
I was only young. I was 20, I think I was 24 then. Um, so, yeah, it, 2018 presented its own challenges with with a lot of change. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of what you'd say, soul searching for for players and, and, and every, every player within that year towards the back end of the year had to come up with their sort of why. I think that was, a, remember that was a thing that we all had to look at ourselves and think, well, you know, we've had these years before. We'd had the 2015 treble, we'd had the 2017 and it's like, well, what does, what does this team mean now? Um, which, which is probably, you know, an ongoing process for, for a few years. Uh, just before Christmas 2019, so ahead of the 2020 season, you were officially named Leeds Rhinos captain, which must have been an incredibly proud moment. I'm sure you would have been told a few weeks before that. Um, and then almost immediately afterwards, um, Rob Burrow was diagnosed. Um, what was that period like? Well, I mean, I got told that I was going to be, in the, uh, be the captain of the club. Um and in the same conversation, I got told about Rob. And I'm like, wow. Like, all of a sudden, things just got a lot more important. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about being a kid and, and envisioning your, your career and... and what happens and you know when you finally get made captain I got told about Rob and I'm like what um, so yeah that, that year all of a sudden got very very important and um, it was uh, it was a bit of a shock it was a bit well it was obviously a massive shock and uh, I can remember weeping for for many many nights um, many weeks actually on and off um, and you know like I, I'm, I'm a player that like we've talked about like the journeys and, and the special sort of camaraderie that we had at, at that time and, and the people that I spent time with and how we'd play for each other but like I like I put my life on the line playing rugby league like and I have done time and time again Um you know, so there weren't any question for, for whether I could do it as a captain. Because um, I knew that, that I would put my life on the line and, and, and I'd, I'd play no matter what. And, you know, that, that sort of set up what was, what I wanted to sort of get the guys together after some work I'd done with 2019. You know, we really sort of understood our own sort of collective why, our own sort of values. Um, and and Rob became a big part of of our amb ambition as a team, um, and something that that I'd set an intention for to play that year for Rob. And obviously, it, I've been put onto a different challenge and um, something that I'm still struggling with now. Um, so weird, weird ending, weird ending. Um, I like to think that some of the work that I do on concussion, some of the work that I do with mental health is is still helping the cause for, for what Rob's going through um, and, and helping, hopefully, players not to suffer going forward um, to the lengths that, that Rob is and, and to the lengths that, you know, I'm, I'm a lot smaller and, and a lot more of a lesser sort of injury than, than what Rob is dealing with, but you know, if that, if I, if we have to set that dynamic up in, 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 in our people and, and, and the landscape of concussion and brain injuries and neurological conditions, then we will do that. It's, um, it's an extraordinary, that period is an extraordinary kind of reminder of how quickly and how dramatically lives can change. Um, obviously for, for, for Rob, uh, and his family and, and, and all his friends. Um, but that period for you, literally a split second from recognition that your boyhood dream of playing and captaining your hometown club was being realised to learning that 
one of your idols and one of your closest friends was was dying mm. um having to get your head around that and then finally getting out on the on the pitch early in the new year and suffering a concussion in your first match that would actually bring an end to your playing career prematurely so your dreams of of being captain and what you could achieve as captain of your team never had a chance of, of getting going mm. yeah it's true it's true um I like to think that in 2019, some of the work that I'd done off the field with the boys in terms of meetings, values, um, purpose sort of meetings and, and opening up the floor for what we expected of ourselves and each other um, brought us together a lot more and brought us on a, onto a sort of even sort of um, keel or a springboard for what, what would go on to do in the future. In 2020, we obviously won the Challenge Cup Right after um, getting knocked out of the Challenge Cup the previous year against Bradford, that's when we sort of started that, taking all of it and started those meetings. And you know, I'd like to think that, that I've had an impact on that. And it wasn't so much on the pitch, but it was what I could control and what I could do. But yeah, the, the fairy tale sort of um, ending for me was was not was not going to happen. Um, in the year of 2020 or going forward um, and that was you know throughout the 2020 period that was it was a constant sort of like pulling away or peeling away from that slowly day by day when everyone's at home and locked down and, and the games come back um, and I wasn't involved in it I wasn't able to play I wasn't able to train even still not able to train and exercise properly um. Yeah, it, it, that that were that were tough. Um, there was a lot of doubt around you as well at that time. Um, fairly unfairly, just because nobody knew what was going on. I got asked a lot because I, I saw you a lot at the time. Everyone was saying, "Well, what's going on with Stevie?" And no, no one knew why you weren't playing. And I guess probably because of your previous injuries, that people just thought, "Oh, Steve is injured again." I don't think anyone realised it was a lot more serious than that. Yeah, man, and it's 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 like it, it, you can't see it. People can't see it, and it, it, I can understand it because you can't physically see it and understand it's an ailment that you're gonna you're gonna sort of people don't get the ins and outs of it. You know, you have got to spell it out and, and talk to people about it, and people I'd see. I don't believe people just crack on as you did in the 2017 Grand Final with the dislocation. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think probably many players, well, I know there's many players that do crack on with it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a complex injury and it's something that's still with me today. You know, I'm I'm sort of trying not to talk too quick and fast right now because I'm I'm in migraine mode. I've been in the last two weeks. Um, but it's 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 a real, real hard thing to deal with. Um, and that rugby player in me is the one that just cracks on and just goes to the next level, runs through it, trains for it. This doesn't allow that to happen, you know. This 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 is the biggest sort of opponent I've I've had really. So you've had you've had to or or having to completely change your mindset. That's another element, I guess, of of transition. That your 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 mindset as a professional sportsman. Is not particularly helpful for you right now in this transitional period that you're on. You've had to change yeah. that. Exactly, mate. It's like it's like the softer side of it, being kind to yourself, accepting well, accepting yourself, accepting what's happened, accepting other people. Um, it's not in the same track or groove as the one where you're getting ready to play a game of rugby and training and um, lifting the weights and, and pushing yourself. It's more sitting. It's more, it's more of a tender sort of um, training you've got to do. It's sort of like the opposite. You've got to bring a softer side to it. You've got to be kind to yourself um, and just acknowledge stuff that's happening um, externally and internally. Um, so yeah, I've, I've I've had to do that a lot, a lot over the last few years to um, 
to cope with the the stress that and the turmoil that, that I've I've had to go through at different periods in my career too. Uh, when you announced um, your retirement and your reasons for it at a very young age of uh, of twenty seven, I mean you'd basically been working towards that for for a year. Um, how difficult was that period um, for you, for those around you, your circle? Um, because I know your moods were all over the place as well. And I, I know your family and, and some of your friends were very, very worried about the way you were. Mm. Yeah, mate, there's um, a lot of time, a lot of time. It was obviously I'm dealing with the physical stuff, the migraines and dizziness and um fact that my eyes and my brain starts burning when I look at a screen for too long and dealing with all that um, and I've had to work on the fact that a lot, a lot of a lot of the time I was angry I've been angry a lot of the time a lot of periods flashes of anger and not much of an outlet to take out on I can't go on a run I can't go and smash blokes up on a Friday night on the field that is um you know, I, I, that that outlet's not been there, and, and you know, sort of sitting with that frustration, um, and and want to change, and 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 you know, you, it's it, I'm quite I'm quite good at, at controlling emotions and, and and being adept at them, but with concussion, it's like the capacity to control it and the threshold of it is, is a lot lower. You can only deal with uh, a smaller amount of, of stuff in your life. And, you know, and definitely in the early stages I was depressed, I was anxious and, and, and I was having to come to terms with, with stepping away from the game and it's like, well, where where do I fit? You know, what, where do I fit now as a, as a person? How do I um you know, how do how do I sort of navigate now without that that sort of self esteem? You know, you've got to shift it again, and you've got to find something again. Um, we went to uh, we went to visit Rob uh, in the October before you announced your retirement, and you you told him then that you were going to call it a day. Um, I I felt that being in that that room that was quite an emotional moment. And, uh, I don't know how many times you'd said it out loud before that. How, how did you feel with that conversation? Yeah, that was a time when I was starting to say it out loud. Um, and it didn't feel real. Do you know what I mean? Like I was saying out loud, but I still not registered that I was doing it. Um, and obviously Rob was saying, look, this is just the right decision. It's not worth it. And um, Yeah, for a long time, I probably, you know, while I was saying it, I probably didn't believe it. Um, but I had to start saying it. I had to start coming to terms with it then. Um, and it was, you know, you sort of feel very... Yeah, especially saying it to Rob, you're saying it to someone who you've shared those experiences with and, and, and knows... Rob knows the length of my career, the time span of my career and what I've been through, what I've done, what I've not done. You know, and it's like saying to Rob, I'm, I'm having to stop stop this, which obviously Rob's had to do. And um, Yeah, it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a peeling away from and saying goodbye to something which you're not sure whether you're ready to say goodbye to it. Um, but I had to start doing it. I had to start coming to terms with it. Um and you know, every now and then, I'll 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 flip him. I'll be in denial mode because I'll be thinking about that version of myself being on the field, and literally putting my life on the line and, and my body on the line for your teammates. And then to sort of understand that, and at 27 to know that I'm not going to be doing that again is a bit strange. Um, but I'm managing all right at the minute. I'm managing all right, and I'm keeping busy and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my purpose and my why is definitely taking another, another um, vehicle at the minute. Do you have any regrets about the path you you chose in, in playing 
professional rugby, given the injuries and the damage that it's it's done to you? No, I've no regrets, mate. No regrets. Like it's like anything. There's good and bad in everything, you know. Like I could sit and and talk about the injuries and the turmoil, but I've had some incredible moments where I felt top of the world, and you know, it's it, it's. It's been my life, mate. You know what I mean? It's a, it's almost like I can never say that because I'd be regretting my life. Rugby league has been my life. It's been who I am. Um, and it's taught me so much. I've met people from the consequences of playing rugby league, and, and I'm happy, and I'm I'm measured, and I'm I'm enjoying this challenge. Because um, that's what I'm seeing it as a challenge, as a as a, as a test, um, and as the next level to go on to now like you know I feel like I've almost like I graduated school went into play at Wembley and Old Trafford straight after that and you know hopefully I'm graduating something something new and and to take my life in in another direction and and I'm happy to see see what happens with it. As Lee Breer said on the first episode of this transition series life is a journey um as a final point what how would you sum up your outlook on life uh, as it is now? Your perspective um, on life? Bit of an adventure. Life's a bit of an adventure, mate. I think um, the work that I've done to allow those perspectives to come in is a lot. But, you know, life life is an adventure. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to put down the feelings of of judgment and 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 all of those sort of negative emotions and and just be all right with them, accept them, accept the roller coaster, and just go with the flow of, of life. Um, you know, take my hands off off the wheel, so to speak, and just see see where I'm going and, and see what happens. Because um, you know, I think I've always been one for wanting to, 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 to have that adventure, to meet new people, to meet different people, to experience different different highs and experience different lows. So I'm I'm open to that mate. I'd say that I'm yeah, I'd say I'm open um to life at the minute and, and what that might bring. Well it's been great chatting to you. I appreciate you coming on. Um thank you mate. The State of Mind podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, take care and we will see you next time. Thank you.